Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is May 21st, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast talking about SmackDown on Fox. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva, Issa. So good to see you both. A pleasant SmackDown tonight. Very, yes. Very pleasant. Mm-hmm. It was a great show, I felt. Yes, they smacked us down <laughs> gently and pleasantly. <laughs> <laughs> I say it was lovely. Refreshing. More of a touchdown. Not much of a smack, but a touchdown. They just touched gently. <laughs> I mean, it was nice. I like how they opened with the parade of champions. I like the way that they then kind of use that to be like, yeah, but Roman's on this whole other level. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, I feel like they've got all this momentum. If you look today, and we'll talk about this in a moment about the news, but this return to live events being announced, rumors going on that SummerSlam could be happening in uh, in my new hometown of Las Vegas. Yeah. Even uh, mm-hmm. speculation, so much going on. Isn't it strange if you think about where we were a month ago? Still feeling very much in this pandemic, optimistic. And Issa and I were talking about this off the air. Uh, amazing how people are just itching. Like, let's just, yeah. let's just bring it back. Let's get back to normal as soon as possible. Um, and, and who knows? We could, we could be on the precipice of some semblancy of normal life. Right. We're getting there. And, and I feel like that announcement felt like we're finally starting to get back to somewhat normal. Um, I just don't want anybody to rush anything too soon. I know that they're starting in Texas, which makes perfect sense. More ticket oh, yeah. sales, but they're going in with a bang, right? We're going to start there. We're going to do money in the bank. Well, is it money in the bank that they're doing in Texas? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. is money in the bank. And, you know, they announced John Cena coming back. So, I mean, I it, it felt very, they really, really hyping it up. And I, I can't help but to, I felt relief when she said at the opening of SmackDown, we're leaving the Thunderdome. As much as I thought it was so... Uh, trailblazing the way that WWE handled the, you know, the pandemic and started with the Thunderdome. I loved it, but I couldn't wait for them to get out of there. And I want to see the fans there again. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be something. And who knew all that it would take would be bribing people to get vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't yet, enter the vaccine lottery in your state if they're offering it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but hey, whatever it takes. That's a pretty good chance. What is that? One in however many million. That's a pretty good chance of winning the lottery. I might move to Texas just for the right to enter that lottery and get revaccinated all over again. I know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, uh, uh, I'd just be going around and going like, I got vaccinated early and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, you know? Uh, <laughs> now there's prizes. <laughs> prizes involved. Hell yeah. Anyhow, uh, so what else do we got in the news before we hop into the SmackDown? Well, uh, pretty uh, busy news week. Of course, uh, Velveteen Dream was added to the list of NXT releases. Of course, WWE NXT has been releasing people all week. Of course, Drake Wirtz, we talked about this on the pod with Justin LeBar on Wednesday. And so now kind of headlining this class is Velveteen Dream, which is a big story, of course, uh, dating back to the allegations that were made in the speaking out movement uh, that he was implicated in. Uh, that has kind of 
change his career for the worse. Because once upon a time, this guy projected to be a huge star. He's, I think he came into WWE, he was just 22 years old, had that classic match with Aleister Black and just took off like a rocket ship as literally maybe not one of the best wrestlers, but definitely one of the biggest palpable oh. stars that, you know, could have probably been like a top ratings drawer. Uh, but then since that moment, it kind of took mm. a turn for the worse. He made sporadic appearances on TV. Uh, and then also he was released. Of course, uh, they talked about behavior issues because WWE did look into situation, found that uh, there were no action to be taken, but uh, eventually it's now starting to come out that there were behavioral issues backstage and that uh, maybe there's maturity issues as to why he got released and uh, will not be back uh, with WWE for the time being. So, uh, Isa, what were your thoughts about Velveteen Dream uh, as a performer and uh, now that he's released? I mean, we'll see where, where he goes or what happens, right? But it's just, I don't know, I guess I should say a shame to see from where he started and how hyped we all were. Um, I remember being there for that um, NXT takeover where he did that Statue of Liberty almost like entrance yeah. and the atmosphere in the arena change. Um, listen, He's on his 20s, right? <laughs> what well, that, That's all I got to say when it comes to behavioral issues and everything else. You know, people behave differently in their 20s. I just hope that he learns from this. Will he go somewhere else? Behavioral issues are not something that every company is going to want to deal with. So, hmm. you know, we'll see where it goes. But I do remember the hype around him. And it's obviously, it's a shame, to be honest with you. Everything that came to light after that, just a disappointment. Because I felt like he really could have been something. And that's the thing, um, regardless of, of how you feel now or what you think about the last year, I guarantee you he was he was everybody in everybody's top five favorite wrestlers. At one point, sure. right? At one point. Yeah. When, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and when he came out with the call me up Vince Tyson, yeah. I remember when he did the Hulk Hogan kind of look alike. He did a Macho Man one too, I believe. Listen, he in, in the beginning he felt like he did that he could do no wrong. And then everything went wrong. I don't know how everything happened, yeah. but it happened. And he's a chance. He was such an amazing performer. And you look at NXT, and I know we rave about the show every week, and it is a good wrestling show. I enjoy it, but it's just not connecting ratings-wise in terms of with the mainstream audience and the 18 to 49 demo. The numbers have been very weak. They've settled into like a 700,000 range, which is way off of what I thought they would do unopposed. Mm. So the right. interest is not there for NXT right now. And a guy like Velveteen Dream at his peak, of course, uh, when he was really lighting the world on fire, that's the type of presence they need. They need somebody who seems larger than life uh, to bring a star presence to that show and i mean he would have done it if uh god forbid if he would have taken the right track or if had certain things went his way um maybe he I mean, would be yeah. able to do something wasn't he in a car accident that's why he was yeah there's a, yeah there's a lot of bizarre stories were happening with throughout the pandemic uh that kind of derailed him and, you know I've, I've got a lot of strong opinions about this that i've been fighting with people on twitter all day but we don't have to get into that it's just the point is like i just hope for the best for everybody i don't root for anybody's downfall and I really hope that we live in a universe where uh, everything plays out and uh, he's able to get some employment as long as he's able to clear his name, really. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Just so people know, it's like we don't want to get into speculation uh, or anything that's that's unfounded or substantiated. So, you know, this is what we know as of right now. And, uh, yeah, we're here to, to, to bring you the news. Um, what else uh, has happened? 
Well, uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Will Ospreay has vacated the IWGP heavyweight title. And I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling is going through it right now because they just had uh, Kota Ibushi have to kind of drop the title due to injury. Uh, Naito's banged up. Pretty much everybody in New Japan right now has uh, a really serious injury they're dealing with. Also, Japan is not uh, dealing with COVID uh, very well right now in terms of vaccinations. It's a very low vaccination rate. So they're still having outbreaks. They're still having a lot of American wrestlers having to stay home and quarantine. And they're getting very frustrated. So now this is just another uh, kind of domino to fall where their world champion, Will Ospreay, who's been one of their top stars for years now, just kind of his whole career has been leading to this moment. And he finally has a moment and his neck has now given him problems. So now he's going to have to vacate this championship. So what do you guys think about uh, Will Ospreay having to vacate this title? I am never a fan of injuries, let alone having to vacate a title because of it, I do have a feeling that it must be serious because I, I'm starting to think that short-term injuries companies are just working around them oh, given yeah. the circumstance. So this has to be something that's going to take him out for a while. It's a shame. And listen, I hope he gets better soon. And I hope that New Japan can just like get back on his feet because like Alfred said, he feel like one thing went wrong and it's just been a snowball effect yeah. from there with like more news and more news to this extreme. And I do know that Japan is not um, doing very well when it comes to this COVID stuff at this point. Um, but when it comes to him, I just hope he gets better. He's so talented and I hope he can come back, you know, better than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, be injured under these circumstances uh, has got to be very frustrating. I mean, this is what people work their entire lives for and to have yeah. it hit you in this tough. Uh, Justin Lopez, 499, saying, I'm hyped for the new SummerSlam is going to be in Vegas, and it's rumored to be held at the Death Star of all things. I'm so hey, I really want to check out that stadium. That stadium looks awesome. I've been to Vegas a couple of times this past year, and when I drive by that stadium, it looks so cool. I want to go back. I want to go inside of it. Yeah. yeah same. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm not reading the name. I know the trick with this name. Uh, yeah, they tried to get me the other night, too. <laughs> 299, live crowds might actually watch Raw now. I mean, Raw needs it, man. Like, Raw oh, yeah. suffered a lot. Pro wrestling yes. just needs crowds. It's just such a necessary part to wrestling to have actual people there reacting to it. Do you guys think that the live crowds might get them to, to change the horrible creative going on right now when they hear the reactions that we have towards certain no. people? Because right now they're piping the reactions they want. So I really want to know if maybe they'll go in a different direction once we see some fans really give them a piece of their mind because people will probably boo the, the building of the roof of the oh, building yeah. right now with the Monday night rolls that they're booking, or maybe they're at a standstill until they go back in the run. Hopefully, listen, that was stupid of me to think hopefully, but I was thinking maybe hopefully when they get back in the road, we'll get some good Ross, but no, I'm not even going to say that. No, but whether or not they know, you bring up a very good point. Whether or not WWE knows it, they will be changing a lot of plans based on what they think people are going to like and what they actually give them. They're just, uh, they've are just they been able to control a lot, so they've gotten very spoiled in being able to give people what they think they want to see without having to course correct, without having to react to live crowds. And when those crowds come back and it becomes instantly obvious what's working and what's not, they're definitely going to have to go to the drawing board on a lot of things. Right, right. I'm hoping that this initial tour is to like the wrestling heavy cities, like come to oh, Brooklyn, yeah. come to Philly, come to Chicago. And yeah. we're really going to show you how we feel about this, right? Because, you know, we're not, the, the, those towns are not a quiet crowd. Yeah. Although I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be a uh, grading on a curve. The first show back with fans, you can really put out anything. They're mm -hmm. just happy to be there. 
like I've said, I, I'll, I'll be front row stomping my feet and whistling to see Donnie Osmond at this point, you know, in Vegas. I mean, like, I just want to go to a live show. For three hours? Well, you know. Exactly. You know, at some play, point, somebody's going to say, what are we doing he'll play here? Soldier of Love. He'll play One Bad Apple. He'll play Crazy Horses. Uh, close with Moon River, perhaps. You know, I think I think I could deal with Donnie Osmond for three hours. I'd rather do three hours of Donnie Osmond alive than, uh, than watch Raw, I think, at this point. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever listen to like? You ever hear "Crazy Horses" by the Osmonds? I mean, it's one of the no, it's one I'm... of the best heavy metal songs of all. And I'm I'm not saying that jokingly. They released this in the '70s. It is like a heavy metal banger about air pollution. "Crazy Horses." Like there's some good deep Osmonds cuts. <laughs> Does Donny uh, Osmond do stage dives and like get the crowd carry him around and stuff like that? I mean, women are like throwing and some men throwing things at the stage. You know, I mean, it's a pretty live hyped environment you know, there. So. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, so, oh, was that all for the news? Yes, that is all for the news. Cool. So let's talk about SmackDown tonight. The Parade of Champions. And we announced <laughs> there's going to be a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship in the main event. Uh, which, man, I love how they uh, they handled that tonight. Uh, I enjoyed this. I like the excitement. I like the energy. I like Sony Deville out there putting everyone over. Um, and I like how they found a way to sort of pivot it and almost sort of punk out the champs with Paul Heyman, with Bailey. It was like, yeah, cool. This is champion. You know, our champions here are SmackDown. This is great. And then it was kind of like, well, yeah, maybe they're not that cool. <laughs> you know, compared to Roman Reigns. Title holders. They're title yeah. holders. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I really like how they made this return to live events feel like a big deal, big announcement. Um, you know, they were all hyped for it. And I'm sure this these performers, talent, superstars have to be going crazy performing to no crowd. They're so used to, you know, they feed off of that. Um, that being said, I as soon as I didn't see Roman out there, I love that. I figure either A, he was going to get at the, his own entrance that nobody else got, or B, somebody was going to come out and be like, he doesn't hang out with this kind of people, which is what happened. Um, love the interruption by Bailey and... Listen, I know I'm jumping ahead of time, but I do feel that Bailey and Shane and Nia winning did make the other three women look like title holders mm. and not champions. And this is not the first time that Bailey is outshining Bianca. And I don't like that. We need to turn that momentum around and let Bianca have some kind of big moment against Bailey because I felt like a backlash. And now tonight, Bailey might outshine Bianca a little bit. And I just didn't like that because I'm team Bianca, even though I do love Bailey. I'm team both, okay? Double B here. <laughs> but you don't want your champions to be. I don't know why they have that. They just pinned Bobby Lashley on Raw. And now you made these three champions look like total punks. Like what Paul Heyman said was the truth. And I, I, as much as I like having Bailey on my TV, I just don't appreciate that for Bianca. Yeah, I love Bailey in this opening segment. I, I just yeah. loved how she roasts all the champions. And then when she gets to Apollo and Aziz, she goes, Apollo Aziz, what up? <laughs> it reminds me of that scene from Half Baked where it's like, F you, F you, F you, you're cool, F you. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. And uh, yeah, you're right here. I'm sure a lot of people, and I saw a little bit of this, is people were saying, oh, they're burying the titles or burying the championships by calling them title holders. But to Glenn's point, I love the fact that before they did that, uh, Sonya Deville, who's an authority figure on that show, put them all over, showcased right. all their champions, and it took the heel authority figure to say, no, my client's going to go out on his own. So really, as a viewer, I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a jerk. He wants to do this all to himself instead of me thinking that this is less than. But then right. Issa's right in terms of when you saw the actual booking and you saw these champions 
champions who they were highlighting uh, 20 minutes ago just lose a non-title match. It's like, oh yeah, maybe they are title holders. So I've, that was top of mind. So they should have delivered on uh, right. accentuating the champions. I'm Please. thinking about it right now. And it's kind of like, congratulations to our winning junior varsity team. And they're out there. And then like all the seniors, the varsity players come out and you're just like, oh yeah, like these look like little children compared to these, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these grownups. Exactly. Oh my God, it's true. And to Alfred's point, I absolutely love Bailey's promo on Ray and Dominic Mysterio, where she said, you're going to, you know, ride your daddy's coattails and Ray, you overstay your welcome. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got him. She had bars for she everybody. She was so good. She was so good. I mean, Bailey is always good, and I really did miss seeing her on my TV throughout the WrestleMania build. And she is making up for the Sasha Banks time off that she deserves, yeah. obviously. But, you know, it's, it's Bailey so entertaining that it doesn't make you think, damn, I miss Sasha, because Bailey's kind of making up for that bit of a, you know, Sasha Banks hole that we have on SmackDown right now. It's interesting um now granted i've missed a couple of episodes but i feel like i love all of these performers but let me get both of your takes on this how do you think they've booked bianca as a character and built her character since she's been champion and is that perhaps the deficit against bailey who has such an established character an established stick and can come out there and just like own the the arena um, well, I think the Bianca Belair character has stalled a little bit uh, since she's won the championship because I thought they did an excellent job building her up. She had an excellent WrestleMania win, but Absolutely. it's kind of naturally where it's like a recent. Now we're at the beginning of a new season, so we're now getting back into this champion version of Bianca. And what I think she hasn't found yet, even though she, her and Bailey have pretty good chemistry and they've got this good rivalry, but I think she needs like a Sasha Banks level rival in terms of in the ring, uh, but somebody who she could tell a good story with as well. She hasn't had that alpha rival that can like kind of match her that uh, storytelling wise to where they can get us into the story. Cause as talented as both these women are, they haven't really told us much of a story about Bailey and Bianca Belair. The story really is just Bailey laughing her off and thinking that she's a rookie and they got to do better than that. So Bianca, I think uh, as much as she's good, she's only going to be as good as her opponent and she needs uh, an opponent who can tell a story with her that uh, I can believe in. Yeah, I agree with you, Alfred. I feel like, up until WrestleMania, she was built very well, right? The rookie, and then she beat um, Bailey to prove that she belongs here, and now she beat Sasha to prove that, yes, I am here, I'm not a rookie anymore, right? After that, I do feel like it stalled a little bit, and it's probably because she's feuding with Bailey, and it's a feud that we've seen before, which I pointed mm -hmm. out in the past. They need yeah. to give it a different take. I will say that tonight for a second. When I saw... Um, Shayna Baszler come out and attacked her before I saw Nia Jax. I thought that maybe Bailey has signed some kind of deal with Shayna, and I was like, that would be great because I want to see Bianca against some new opponents. I don't want to see her against Sasha or Bailey anymore. Yeah. So for a second there, I popped. I was like, I would like to see that kind of rivalry that will really build Bianca's character up and as a baby face. But it ended up being your typical six women tag match. But listen, I would I would like to see Bianca work with somebody that's not Bailey or. Sasha, so she feels like the bigger star. Yeah, I think they could have given Bianca a little more talking uh, in this tonight just to, to say something. Um, giving her some time when she got in the ring to confront Bailey, uh, I feel like they could have given Bianca something really, you know, of substance before she got attacked and it turned into a six woman tag. Yeah. Um, Natalia, Tamina, and Bianca Belair. Versus Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Bailey. Uh, six woman tag. 
what did you think of this match, Issa? I liked it. Um, you know, I never, I, I don't like champions getting pinned, but there was a couple of spots in this match that I really, really appreciated. I really love when Bianca was flipping and Bailey grabbed her and did the Bailey to Bailey outside of the ring that Bianca was actually still selling after the bell rang. I, I appreciated that attention to detail. I didn't like her selling it because I was like, you're my champion. Um, I thought it was a great, I mean, those are some talented women in the ring and just really want to see I get it. You got to start the show and it always starts this way. Right. And just like over these fields, they feel so repetitive. And while the action was great in the ring, we've seen all of these fields with each other for so long. Now, Tamina and Natalia just won the tag titles, but they did wrestle Naya and Shayna for a long time before they got there. So it feels a little bit repetitive, but in ring action, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought Bianca Belair was phenomenal in this match selling. Uh, she really got me with that knee. She was very specific yeah. in how she sold it, where she's trying to bang life into it. And and she did a good job really kind of selling that, uh, you know, like a baby face would sell. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was good. I just don't like WWE's just getting way too comfortable beating these tag champions. Like these champions and Tamina and Natalia, these titles need a real champion. I don't think they've ever had any. Oh, since Sasha Banks and Bailey, of course, uh, they've right. never really had really dominant champions who can kind of carry that type of torch. It needs to be rebuilt. And they were on the their way to something with Tamina and Natalia with the story they're telling with them, with them winning, being dominant leading up to it. But now it's just like, okay, Tamina and Natalia got over, they won. So now we can beat them. And that's just going to bring everything back to the mediocre. So, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of them getting beaten like that, but uh, you know, this feels fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, uh, the champions lost Shayna, Naya and Bailey. We ended raw with a champion losing. We started yeah. SmackDown with a champion losing, and that's just a shame, in my opinion. Like you have to figure something else out. Not a DQ or a distraction either. Like just have them wrestle somebody else and let them get a couple of wins. You know, that's all. I don't like champions getting pinned. Yeah. Or title holders in this case. I mean, with so much TV time, I don't know why they always feel the need to do that. Um, like, you know, not to compare to AEW all the time, but AEW does it well to where their champions don't lose. You have to fight for the right to get to the champion, and that's usually in the right. form of an eliminator where the champion clearly wins. And so the champions are looked as dominant to where by the pay-per-view, if somebody wins that title, it means more. And WWE goes the other way where they just kind of use that championship as a reason to beat people, which I don't think is the way to go. Because AEW is ending their feuds at the big match, right? Or at the pay-per-view to where WWE is just a continuation of the same feuds for both brands at, yeah. in this case. And, you know, I personally felt we were getting somewhere with the tag titles with Nia and Shayna until they put Reginald with them. I was liking the whole, we don't like each other, but we're going to unite our forces to kind of like take on this. And then they started kind of getting along. I kind of got called on that team when they added Reginald to it because it just started becoming more of a comedy backstory stage than these two especially Shayna. I'm a big fan of Shayna Baszler mm -hmm. and it's just like she shouldn't be involved in comedy storylines sitting at a store watching Naya be a sugar mama. This is Shayna freaking Baszler, you know? So that's when it felt, that's when it went cold for me. But if you think about it, they held the title for quite a bit. So we were getting somewhere with that. Now let's do it with Natalia and Tamina because I like the veterans that were, you know, never really taken seriously but losing on TV, that's why you weren't taken seriously. Yeah. So uh, we got some great promos tonight ahead of the Fatal 4-Way for the Intercontinental Championship, starting with Big E. Um, Alfred, what did you think of this one? 
Uh, I love this. I love how they built this matchup. I love that they gave it a lot of time. They really, for an Intercontinental Championship to main event this show, it really did feel like a very important title. So this is how you book the champions, and that this yeah. championship felt like the biggest deal on the show. It really did. Uh, so I really liked the Kevin Owens promo. was really good. He's always good on promos, but I thought uh, this was especially good. And uh, I love Big E's promo. I thought that was, you know, I could have done without the, you know, he got really hype and positive at the end, uh, but he started out all angry. But uh, I really liked that promo. So I thought these were well done. Yeah, what was your favorite tonight of the four, Issa? Kevin Owens. Yeah. Kevin Owens. I yeah. did I did pop for Sammy saying a little bit when he was like, I know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Sammy <laughs> saying is just we just don't deserve him. But um Biggie was great. I do like how he starts um a little bit like angry and then gets positive because I, I always get that vibe from Biggie that you want to be friends with him, but you also don't want to mess with him or you don't want to do him wrong, you know? And, yeah. and and he always brings that vibe. Um overall so i i always enjoy biggie on the mic he just makes me happy but at the same time when he gets serious you take him seriously terry allen jr two dollars and 40 cents saying the smackdown women's division is shallow uh what what yeah it doesn't feel like they're really showcasing that i mean i think there's more of it than they're showing us right Bold yeah, I mean, but in terms of people who are featured, the rotation they keep is very, very thin. And I mean, we watch NXT and it's one woman after another who has a legit case to challenge for that title. SmackDown's not that. It's very static where um, Bianca Belair is working with Bailey right now. And then whoever challenges her is going to come into her purview later. And so SmackDown, mm. that's part of maybe that's part of what could help Bianca Belair's title run is to fill that division with potential challengers that she always has to fight off. Yeah. And. Bring up someone from NXT for, you know, for have sure. a couple of squashes, do something. They're the wealth. Yeah. That women division NXT is super stacked. We're not featuring everybody, but why not? Mm-hmm. So, uh, newsflash, Aleister Black's really into Satan? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tales from the Dark Father. Yes, yeah. that's a, he's been, really been pushing that Dark Father thing. Really into Satan. I thought it was Pasuzu, the demon oh. from the Exorcist. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was going for. I don't think he's full Satan yet. I'm more Pasusu on this one. Okay, let me share this moment because you brought that up. So I'm one night in now my wife at the time, my girlfriend, her apartment, and she's asleep and I'm at the foot of the bed leaning over the bed on my laptop while she's sleeping and I'm on Wikipedia. And I had seen The Exorcist, but I didn't remember a lot. And I'm reading the synopsis of The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about uh, Reagan. That's the girl's the name, girl's right? name. Mm-hmm. yes reagan uh talks about captain howdy and there's a link to captain howdy and i'm like oh captain howdy what's this no you didn't yeah and if you look at that photo that's there there's a black background i'm in the pitch dark it looks like it's looking at me through the screen like it's through my <laughs> laptop screen i literally jumped up out of bed woke up my girlfriend at the time like yelling wtf uh you know, yeah, don't go to the Captain Howdy Wikipedia go, page. Go to it. Yeah. Oh, that's the first thing I'm going to do after the yeah, show. In the in a room with the lights off, like, it'll freak your ass out. Oh, my God. Also, don't recommend, don't, for the first time, watch the movie Carrie all the way through to the end with your arms dangling off the bed, just sort of, you know, sitting oh, there. Yeah, yeah willy-nilly. <laughs> the ending of that will not go well for you. Uh, so there you have it, Captain Howdy. That's Pasusu, who, uh, Pasusu. He yes. started. He starts Pasusu. at Captain Howdy when he's reading the book, but tonight he went full Pasusu on oh, all the fans. Yeah, 
Listen, and I think we know like, why. They had to speed this thing up. You know, the thing is, at the beginning, he goes week four. And I'm just like, oh, God, how long are we going to be here for? Like, I'm just thinking like two months into the future, he's like week 31. And he's just making the oh same troll <laughs> job. But like, thank God. I was so happy to see him for so many reasons. A, because we don't have to see these promos. B, because I thought it was going to be Bray Wyatt. And I was like, no, I'm not ready for this. Oh, and yeah. And then when it was Aleister Black, it was like the double whammy. It was like, oh. Okay, it's something new. He's gotten out of that back room and he's got something new to wrestle. So I, I really like that. I love that you brought that up because when he said week four, I literally try to see how thick the book that he's holding is because I was like, are the week's chapters? Because we're going to be here forever. Yeah, I just didn't think, okay, to be like maybe overthinking and I know we don't want to jump, but based on what happened later, I was like, that doesn't make sense with the whole father, Pasusu storyline that you're telling us. Why go after Big E? But I'm sure we'll get there at some point. I just want to know how this connects to what he's telling us backstage or are they just rushing to bring him back because we need him in the scene and like it's not making, you know what I mean? Like I want them to click the wings and Satan with attacking Big E. That's all. Well, I think if demons hate anything, it's positivity. Not necessarily. Really? Yeah, I call myself Demon Diva, and I'm not all negative. Oh, that's true. Go. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Touche there, Demon. That's a demon myself. Yes. <laughs> right? The positive demon. The positive demon. We talked about uh, why he attacked Big E, because I believe it was you, Issa. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Aleister Black and who his first opponent should be. And I think we agreed that Big E would be a good first opponent based on what he was talking about. And I think at the time, it hadn't gone full Satan. No, I think he was yeah. talking about... like. People who uh, everybody likes or some he was talking about veiled references to somebody who's right. very likable and who does what everybody likes to do and stuff like that. So we thought that Biggie made sense at the time. We Obviously did. now it's a little different. We did. <laughs> I mean, clearly they're watching us out for work. They they're watching us. We booked this clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Pasusu stuff, just the, no, just the food. <laughs> Apparently the, there's a demon of positivity out there who just wants you to have a blessed day. Uh Justin Lopez, 499, saying Mia Yim was supposed to debut a few weeks back, start a feud with Carmella, but they cut it. She'd be a breath air, uh, breath of fresh air for the division. I agree. Yeah. 100% yeah, totally and agree. a great a great field for Bianca. And Jackson. And no mask. Uh, <laughs> my man Jackson Callens, 499, saying random, but buy a blacklight flashlight. I just did. Moving to a Scorpion war zone. Good luck. Anyways, can't wait for the Uso Tagging story, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yes. Uh, no, I'm fortunate the neighborhood we're in is not like apparently Henderson is like Scorpion city outside yeah. of Las Vegas, but like mm -hmm. Northern Vegas supposedly isn't as bad, but yes, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to stay on top of that. Very afraid <laughs> of scorpions. You should take one in, adopt one scorpion, name it. And like, I bet you Jackson would adopt a scorpion. Wouldn't you Jackson? Tell me in the comments. Is that a thing? Like, I used to have a scorpion pet. I used to have a scorpion as a few, a two of them as pets. Oh, like big ones. I mean, they were, pretty big <laughs> they were black they were so cute do you use them to like intimidate your subordinates like <laughs> what were their names were their names like 90 sting and crow sting <laughs> <laughs> the surfer sting and the, and the crow their names were black and jack uh, oh like jack black no like black jack oh like oh. black jack okay it's <laughs> like black jack but different uh, so King Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura, but all everyone's talking about is Rick Bouge 
Hey. So <laughs> well, he's he's the, I want to hear what Issa thinks about this, but I love me some Rick Boogs and Shinsuke. I think they should be heels, though. But I Boogs. love it's one of those instant chemistry things where they're just very lovable together. But it's such an obnoxious act that I think if they were heels, they'd really get to stretch their wings. But this was hilarious. I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was a home run. I've been here, but you know how much I loved this last week. And I pointed it out because my nephew, you know, I have visitors here, I have guests. So I'm telling my nephew's wife about how much Shinsuke has been trolling on social media this week. And I just loving every post. I even turned on his post notifications on Instagram because I am just oh. here for him and the crown. And listen, I love their chemistry. I thought it was such a boss move, but like I was screaming. But like you said, I think it will be better as a heel act. And Corbin almost came up a little sympathetic tonight. Like you were almost like yeah. a little like, oh, poor Corbin. When he was like, listen, I wasn't going to say anything, but this is too much. You know, like I actually kind of like for the first time ever, I think I was like, oh, Corbin. <laughs> so, I mean, you could, you could probably turn it, but we just turned Shinsuke baby face right but there was, yeah. there was like a little bit of a switch like a freaky friday thing went on here tonight right. where i oh. felt like shinsuke came off as more the heelish and baron corbin was a little more sympathetic tonight i'm here for the storyline i do need it to get somewhere does the crown have special power or are we bringing king of the ring back like what's going oh, on yeah. here but for now i'm here for shinsuke trolling yeah, uh, real quick, but yeah. he's come off as a heel for a couple of weeks now because he lost clean to Baron Corbin, stole the guy's crown after being mm -hmm. a sore loser, and now he used outside interference to win this match. Like, I'm not here for a double turn because I don't think Baron Corbin right. should ever be a babyface, but I at least want Shinsuke to turn heel if this is the path they're going on with him. Has wrestling ever done a Freaky Friday angle? No. <laughs> question. I feel like that would be brilliant to have. Maybe the crown gave Shinsuke like yeah. the evilness of Baron Corbin. No, but he should adopt his personality, start talking. No, no, like no, 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 no. Yeah. No, see, I want it to be like true, a true like vice versa, uh, like father like son it, though, right? body swap be, experience. He starts doing the deep six. Yeah, it'd be funny if he adopted his work and he just did all Baron Corbin's moves like 10 times better than he could ever do. You know how nobody has ever kicked out of the end of days? Imagine yeah. if she does the end of days on him. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Stop, you guys. We're getting too we're getting too creative here. I'll also settle for <laughs> Bray Wyatt being able to possess people and the wrestler acts like Bray Wyatt while they're possessed. Have they done that? I, I feel like they've done that. Did they do that? No, maybe they didn't. No, maybe they no didn't. but don't you remember when he would like put like Xavier Wood in like a weird trance? That's I always felt like he was like possessing him. No, yeah. I want like, like, uh, oh, talk about things that scared me when I was younger, like the movie The First Power. Like, yeah. you know, it's the same personality hopping. I want Bray right. Wyatt to hop through the roster and everybody's doing a Bray impression like they're possessed. I think one Bray Wyatt is enough for now in terms of this, oh, what he's delivered this past year. I mean, this is good. I'm going to make it my mission. I'm going to get hired by WWE Creative. I'm going to get that storyline on the air, and I'm going to resign the next day and be like, my work here is done. <laughs> my work here is done. This is Drop all I wanted to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, that'd be so cool. That'd be so great. Uh, but Shinsuke won this match. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about what happened, though, with the, the Usos tonight um there was jimmy uh declaring they're ready to get back together you know and it's like hey have you checked with jay you know <laughs> but uh, uh and they announced for next week we'll talk about they announced for next week i i almost hope that match doesn't happen because i feel like that should yeah. that should be like a SummerSlam championship 
Right. Uh, but um, we did have uh, Roman Reigns out with, uh, so after Jimmy said that, Roman out with Jay and Paul Heyman. Um, and uh, then we had the KO promo for tonight. Uh, but then Paul Heyman praising Roman Reigns. <sighs> okay, Issa, let me ask you this. I know you love Roman. I do. But how are you feeling about Paul Heyman's promos right now? I thought it was good. Paul Heyman has barely been speaking for Roman, if you really think about it. Tonight yeah. was probably the most that he's spoken for Roman since he took over this character. Roman has been doing his own talking. And I thought that tonight was extremely hillish of him to say, listen, I'm a humble guy, so I'm going to let him celebrate me. Yeah. I love that line. I was here for it. Uh, but I I didn't mind it because I don't think that it, it doesn't... I don't think Paul Heyman gives me the same vibe that he does with Brock where he's speaking for Brock. Here, Roman has been doing all of his talking for himself. So tonight, it was good of him to take a break and let Paul Heyman do what he does best because there are times that I feel like we're wasting some of Paul Heyman's promos because Roman is just killing it right now. He don't need yeah. him. So there are times that I actually feel he felt wasted and tonight he was great. I I, I really thought that was amazing where he was like, I'm going to be humble so you can talk about how great I am instead of me doing it myself. <laughs> I just like that this is a different Paul Heyman. He's like playing an entirely different character that I have, he's just like a movie character to the you know the Godfather that's kind of like right. the bumbling idiot behind the scenes and uh, <laughs> kind of cowers in fear at the ball Godfather. He's like plays second fiddle, but then when he goes out there, he's got his chest puffed out and he's all talking. Yeah, this is my champion, and we're the champion. He's just blowing smoke whenever he does get to talk. So I really like that dichotomy. To whereas with Brock Lesnar, he was more of an advocate who was just kind of pulling right. the strings in the back. He's kind of like the village idiot in some ways here, but he does a good job playing off this bravado when he's in front of the camera. So I just like the combination. He's the Lou Costello of WWE. Yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I, I, the, the portrait of me just ages 30 more years. Uh, with that <laughs> um, but Cesaro came out and was trying to set up a match for Hell in a Cell and then was attacked by Seth Rollins. Uh, so I didn't like that. that. I, Cesaro lost clean. Roman didn't even have any outside interference. I think that Cesaro should be worrying about um, Seth Rollins right now. I do think that will kill it inside Hell in a Cell if we do get it because I love their match at Backlash. But I almost feel like why? Why are you? Out? And even Roman looked at him and laughed like, "Why are you out here?" <laughs> I felt that way, and it wasn't the Roman Reigns fan in me. It was like you lost clean. The match was amazing, but you lost clean. Get to the back of the line. That's how it should be. Yeah, and and Cesaro like taken out by medics. Yeah, he really got uh, stretched out, and I I don't know. I think uh, this is a pretty big feud for Cesaro because if Seth Rollins wins, like I think he will. I mean, it's just right back to where Cesaro was, probably yeah. even worse in terms of him just being in a world title feud. And uh, yeah, it was, this kind of went on long after the Roman Reigns thing in terms of Cesaro, and like Seth Rollins. I like his fashion. He, he drips sometimes, you know, he's hit or miss, but when he drips, he drips. And I like this floral blazer jacket, but if he's going to dress up wildly, he's always in these segments where he's beating the crap out of people. And it's very hard for me to take that seriously when he's in these. What? You don't outfits. think that beating like people. Let's go beating somebody up. No, beating people dressed up like that makes it more, more legit to me. It makes it more gangster. Like, come on, come on. Be especially because you don't even think he's going to beat somebody up. You know what sure. I mean? Because you wait for them to come out in their gear or in their, I thought Roman was going to beat somebody because he came out in that tracksuit looking tracks, yeah he looked like he was trying to beat somebody up See? I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of good fashion like i'm not doubting that he looks good and i like people in suits beating you know ashley always has great suits and looks really right. cool when he's beating people up 
Uh, it's just, I mean, Seth Rollins just goes to such an extreme with his outfits sometimes that yeah. they're only not, not all the time. Sometimes, and this is one of those nights I'm just watching. I'm just like, dude, I'm not taking this seriously. Extreme <laughs> was, extreme was the promo or whatever it is that he did backstage with that weird laugh, cry, whatever it was that he did at the end. I was yeah. like, that was so extra. <laughs> you see his cameos that he's been doing for yeah. people. Like, <laughs> no, but it's interesting what you said though. That so if Cesaro loses this feud to Seth. It's like his time in the sun is over. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like Crash Davis, like, oh, that 21 greatest days of my life in the majors when I was going yeah. for the universal title, <laughs> you know. But now I'm back here in the, the lower mid card, you yeah. know. Damn. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Too real. Too real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so after this, Dominic Mysterio versus Robert Roode, when will these teams stop wrestling each other? Never. Yeah. And of all the music to pick for the Dirty Dogs, like Dolph Ziggler's theme is the one that you're, you're really heavily basing it around. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that Glorious theme is one of the, the best they've had. Dolph last Ziggler year. should not come out to Glorious, though. So Glory oh, should be true. safe for Bobby Roode on his own. If it we ever see him on his song again. <laughs> I like when they mix two themes. Like the Jero Show theme should have been the template for everybody. I think it's lazy when they just play both of their music. Like Miz and Morrison have been together forever now, and they still play each of their music when they're coming out. They haven't come up with a Miz and Morrison theme that takes from both. I thought the Jero Show version was the best version we've ever seen of that, and they need to do that more when two super teams come together. Mm-hmm. Agree. Agree. But they need to actually mash it up, not do like um... – Remember early on with like Brazongo, they like just faded one into the like. Yeah, not like that. No, I didn't yeah. like that. It like, just goes back and forth. Buy a piece of software WWE called Mixmeister Fusion. It's like ninety nine bucks for the limited version, and you can make mashups seamlessly. Oh, it's there very you go. easy. Good plug. Very easy. Anyone can do. It. <laughs> Which is why mashups aren't cool anymore because anyone can do it now. Yeah, they lost their luster after that. It's Once true. the internet gets its hands on something, it just. I know. <laughs> I say that as someone who enjoys making mashups and realizes like there's nothing, there is no audience for this, there is no earning potential for this. This is like, and no one cares. Like, <laughs> dude, I made the coolest mashup ever. It's like literally no one cares. We've heard it all. We have heard it all. Uh, so we had a super chat. Nathaniel Cook is saying his dream booking is Roman versus Jay versus Jimmy, a triple threat for the universe title. Great job as always, guys. Um, well, it would be amazing. It would be. He will stack them and pin them both. But they will count as one because they're twins. So. Oh, well, that's a good point. If he will stack them and put them on both, I, I just <laughs> want to see those so- back together. I think that's a big draw for me. As much as I love these guys individually, they're doing a good job of really teasing because it doesn't seem like they're going to be together anytime soon. There's like this friction and stuff. But you know they're building toward that Uso reunion, and I think it's going to be amazing if they do it right. Well, they announced yeah. the match for next week, right? Yeah, like, but I do not think like, – and even um, Sonya yeah. Deville nodded to it. She said, this is too big of a match to happen tonight. Let's build it up for next week. And I think next week Jimmy's going out there by himself, and Jay's not going to help him, or, or you know, he's going to do right yeah. by Roman, and they're going to – it's going to lead to friction, but I do not expect the Street Profits and the Usos to be on free TV next week. Okay. Yeah, and I was I was a little – I mean, I get it because we all want to see it, the Street Profit and the Usos, but I thought they were going to go after the Mysterious and just go for the tag belts because that's what Jimmy was alluding to, you know, last week. So right now he just wants to wrestle together to where, you know, he mentioned having all of the gold, all three of them. So I thought that we'll go after Ray and Dominic and we will finally see this Dirty Dogs and the Mysterious feud finally come to yeah. an end. Um, that being said, listen, props to Jimmy for giving us what we want to see instead 
opposite of what you know what they would think we want to see. Um, but I do want to see the Usos and the Mysterious. I think brother against father and son, the whole family dynamic is there. Oh. I think they will have an amazing feud. I thought the Usos should take the belts off of them, and then the Street Profits and yeah. the Usos should happen. That's how I would have done that. Well, okay, so with Jay and Jimmy talking about it and having to clear with Roman, and then... Roman not seeming pleased and then hugging Jay and Jay says something in his ear. Like, I mean, you would, but you would have to think, okay, so even if Roman doesn't approve of this for next week um, against the street profits, like you'd think Roman would approve for them going after the titles. And then to your point, you said that was great to have the Roman and the Usos both holding their respective belts. Like that does seem like a very natural dynasty. Fashion. Yeah, but I don't know that we'll get that until the Usos reunite, you know, yeah. come together, which I see the tension, but I also see Jimmy's there for Jay. He's just not there for Roman. So I think I think the person in the middle here is technically Jay. Um, mm. But I want them to come together as, as the three of them with the belts. I think it will be a nice visual, even if the Usos don't hold the belt for long. I think we should see that happen. But that's just my opinion. You know, everything here has been about family since the beginning, since Roman came back and built that feud with Jay. So it would just it would just make sense. I just want to see where it goes. I think it's the most intriguing storyline going on right now is Jimmy, Jay, and Roman. So to the super shot that we just got from Nathaniel's point, that triple threat will be everything because that's where I feel the tension. Um, we'll see where it goes, but that's the most intriguing storyline in SmackDown right now. It's this family affair. <laughs> and speaking from the perspective of the Roman Reigns character, you're absolutely right, Glenn, in that that character should be happy to have all the gold, but it should only come on his terms because what right. the story they're telling is that Jimmy Uso is stepping out of line mm. to go challenge for the tag titles. He's not acknowledging Roman. He's like, screw that guy. Let's go out and do this on our own. So if they went under those pretenses, it would piss him off. The character wants to be acknowledged, and he wants to tell them when they can go for those tag team titles, and that's, I think, the source of them not getting along. And that's, I think, is what's going to play into what he whispered in the ear, which Hopefully they follow up on that. I hope that's just not something that they did and they don't talk to us about it, but we'll see. Sure, I think we can all relate. I remember the last time I made a le- major life decision having to ask my cousin for permission before. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. All been there. Everyone can relate to that. <laughs> totally relatable. Uh, Sami Zayn, great promo, calling uh, Caleb Braxton a corporate hack and a propaganda. <laughs> it was great. This might have been my favorite one. I like Kevin Owens's, but this made me laugh. Yeah, I I always pop for him. For so, Ke- everything that Sami Zayn has been doing has just been on point, and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> like, do you think the joke is going to be that we never actually see the documentary? It has to be because I thought WrestleMania by then we'd see it, but it's even funnier to me that in a kind of like an Andy Kaufman way that they're just gently trolling us, like, "Oh man, I've seen it, and wait until you guys see the documentary," <laughs> and they just go years without us never seeing it. I would love that, actually. But the the camera people are not even going around with him, which it makes sense because he showed us a trailer, so it should be done. But based on what he's telling us, he still thinks these conspiracies are true. He should still have these people with him, but I would love that, right? Like everybody putting the documentary over and we never freaking see it. I was ready for it. I was so ready for it. I was like, put it on Peacock now. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think it can live up to the hype at this point. Uh, it'll just be I, do, I do, I really? do. I don't think Sammy Sane will disappoint. Yeah, even the trailer was good. Don't you remember the preview? Yeah, but, but yeah, how many really how many great previews have we seen for movies that weren't so great in the long form? Well, how sure. many of them has Sammy Sane been on? Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
uh jackson callens uh who uh my interest would have been seth and jay at it roman doesn't care until roman gets mad seth is making his family look weak beating up jay weekly it's interesting no i feel like we have gotten i i think we're going to get to rollins and roman and it's going to be amazing i can't wait two of my favorites but i still think that even though roman is the head of the table tribal chief there's a mutual understanding there between him and rollins and that's the story that they have told us so far when rollins came up to him backstage last week or the week before and say hey what's going on they made me look bad out there and he's roman said i'll take care of it we had that little tease of a stare down on backlash and roman just step back and let rollins do his thing i yeah. think we're going to get there so i don't think that rollins is going to mess with the usos quite yet i think he's going to stick with cesaro for now and the fatal four-way our main event for the intercontinental title Sami Zayn versus kevin owens versus big e versus apollo cruz and uh i would say the big headline being that apollo retained after this banger of a match but Alistair Black came out, nailed the Black Mass on Big E, dropping him, which allowed Apollo to take advantage, get that pin on Big E for the win to retain. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think this was an amazing match. Everyone got their stuff in, but I feel like Alistair coming out and, you know, taking a shot at Big E, like that really is the dominant headline, right? Yeah, 1,000%. I forgot how good the black mask looked. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I missed him. I miss seeing him in the ring. I like the eyes thing. He has, like, a contact in one eye. Mm-hmm. He looked he look great. But, listen, just seeing him back in action, and we'll see where it goes. But I know we've been here for Alistair and Big E, so I can't wait for them to connect everything. Hopefully, we don't get any more of these tales backstage weird possessions <laughs> yeah I'm just, they did this at the right time because i was so over these things by the end of this week i was like man this guy's got a debut as soon as possible so it's good that he did it tonight when when that promo came on tonight and granted i've, I've missed a couple chapters it was like <laughs> remember when finn balor wanted to tell us about like irish folk tales yes yeah when he was gonna fight sister Abigail. yeah like yes. th- like that's and I say this as someone who grew up loving shows like Voyagers and whatnot, but in professional wrestling, like folklore, history, not always the coolest angle. Yeah. You know? It's not. And you know what? Now that I think this angle, looking back on it, I think it would have been better if we saw the end, because it was so well produced. If we just saw the animations and we didn't know who was behind them. And every week you got a narration of them somehow or whatnot. You just didn't know until tonight. Because I think it really kind of sullied the excitement of Aleister Black that you just saw so much of him before he finally debuted. You know what it should have been like? It just should have cut it together like uh, the commercials for Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown or something. <laughs> you know, those were stupid, man. I don't think I've seen those. <laughs> you ever saw too? As a kid, those would come on. Like, again, I'm in the dark. I'm watching TV at like 11 o'clock at night. And there's things like talking about like uh, cats being the harbingers of Satan. And like yeah. somebody like, you know, what was it like uh, a woman like burns her hand and then 3,000 miles away, like her sister feels a sharp pain in her hand at the same time. It was just yeah. like freaky stuff, like pyramids. Like, are these ancient alien symbols, you know, means of communications with the druids? Like, this was some free, this was like, the freaky conspiracy blow your mind, but also terrify you shit that we had back in the eighties. Right. I think I know what you're talking about in terms. Of, I think I've seen some of those commercials, but I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess in the seventies version would have been in search of narrated by Leonard Nimoy, which I'm not old enough to have watched. But there were some people that were like really were into that show, but no, to your point, that's how they could do these, these kind of vignettes. But Alistair sitting there, 
like between you know two columns and like i'm gonna teach you about the dark father but like it's just a little that that's just not cool man yeah you know i think if we never saw the knock on my door alistair maybe would have been a little bit differently but because he was already sitting backstage saying random words and it went nowhere (laughs) it's very hard to get behind him sitting backstage saying random words again but now now that you're saying that he's i'm like i bet you there's some talent that could just be backstage and be like potato <laughs> well did it Sports remember cup. wait wait uh, yeah what's their name i forgot their name retribution just did that on wrong when they were like cats dogs yeah, tigers, really? elephants. yeah. that's funny i didn't i didn't see that I oh, watching God. don't go back and watch it please. yeah because you'd have to be pretty good to pull that off but i bet you some people could some people could and then others would be like did they have a stroke like why are they talking like this uh steve marco chili 499 saying do you prefer brock versus roman or bobby versus brock at SummerSlam? alistair black versus biggie who wins they both need wins yeah they do that's a weird choice because biggie won that icy title and he's kind of been on this trajectory to get to the world title since going on his own but now it feels like he's going backwards where now he's just lost his title in a few to apollo cruz you figure he's probably going to lose to Alistair Black, who's just coming yeah. back. But who knows how they're going to book that? Uh, so Biggie's now kind of circling the drain here. Biggie has been the victim of the booking of they both need the win. They did it with Apollo because they turned Apollo and they booked him in that feud where they both needed the win. And because they didn't go with him, it does feel backwards because I do think that Alistair Black will need it more. Um, I don't know how you will book that. I, I don't know, but I don't want Biggie to. Th- Biggie's feels like Cesaro, right? Like you did, like you got up here and now it's like you're going right back down the escalator. Um, As far as the first question, I want Brock to come back on Raw just because I want to see tension with Paul Heyman having to go back and forward between both guys. And that's how we build up to that. Maybe at Survivor Series, you know, where he has to kind of like pick who you're going to come out with. So I would like to see Brock versus um, Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam and then keep building it until we get to Survivor Series champion versus champion. And that's when he kind of has to get to Roman with a little tension here and there with Paul Heyman having to kind of manage both guys. Yeah, that yeah. is such. I that's one of those storylines that I just I'd be so disappointed if they didn't pull the trigger on something like that with Brock versus Roman because they've got Paul Heyman, they've got Roman Reigns. You know that they can throw money at Brock, and they've got more money than they've ever had. So that is something that theoretically could happen, and it could be a pretty big time match and storyline. And I would be very disappointed if they just kind of come and go with this character of Roman Reigns and don't tell that story. Right. Agreed. And I think that Brock's contract was up, but at the same time, I also feel like if I'm them, I will save a big return for when crowds are back. And that is your big return that you can save for that. So I I can see Brock returning at some point when we're back in arenas. I I just think that uh, I don't like that the Intercontinental Championship has become sort of the, the easy shortcut to building credibility for a wrestler uh i mean i guess it's like being a 90s alternative rock band and getting booked on Lollapalooza. like it's not just that simple where it's like well see they did this so now they're cool right um i'd rather see them go to the extra length to really build these guys up credibly um and not just put the title on them until they have like a so-so title run and then lose it to the next guy you know are you saying that the ic title is the oz fest of championships (laughs) yes it is the oz fest of championships exactly 
Well, I agree with you. I felt tonight as I'm watching this amazing main event, I thought the match was incredible. I almost felt like I don't care who wins. Like what we were getting was so amazing that either one of, I mean, either of these four guys could have won and I would have walked out happy because all of them are so talented. And I, 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 I like that. So, you know, there's, there's like a weird, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, it was a really good match. I just don't like all these storylines feel so intertwined that you don't know where anybody's going with in what direction. There is a lot of that. It does mm-hmm. feel like um, in the IC title picture, in the Rollins, Cesaro, Roman, like there's weird yeah, overlap the women. between a lot of this. Yeah. I kind of like that though. I, I kind of like that. It feels like more of a show. They did that a lot in the Attitude Area where and it, it gave mid-carders a chance to kind of rub elbows with main eventers for a little right. bit to where I really like when they do that. Instead of just having everybody exist in their own little world and they have their own problems where it's only them two. Like if you're working somewhere where there's a lot of other people around and other characters, why not use that to your advantage? And you can test the waters and see how chemistry wise or what people, yeah. hopefully now that we'll be back at arenas, what people are reacting to because you're intertwining so many storylines that it can go in any direction. Now Alistair Black is involved with all of these four. So who knows if it's in the icy title picture? You know, we don't know. And I, and I do like that, but at the same time, it makes you kind of like, fantasy book things that might never happen and then right. you get disappointed, you know, that's all. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. A lovely SmackDown to start our weekend. Yeah, I like the show. You know, it wasn't it didn't blow me away, but it was a fine show. I think the main event was excellent and that helped boost it. So, you know, I give it like a 7 out of 10 maybe. A 7 is good. I give it a 7 as well. Yeah. Solid. Not spectacular. Exactly. Yeah. It's solid. Like Law and Order, like not the best thing you've ever seen, but like now that was right. a good way to spend, good way to spend a little. Yeah, time. if you got the time, go ahead and watch it. You're yeah, not I'm satisfied. Sometimes surprise. Sometimes the guy that they thought was the killer at first, then you thought was innocent, at the end turns out to be the killer, and you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Come on, Glenn, you haven't seen the episode yet. Yes, seven out of ten. Oh, here's something interesting. I think next week, if I'm not mistaken, AEW goes head to head with SmackDown next week. I yeah, think. Please, I'm, do we have to watch? Do I have to watch oh, AEW? I think we do. <laughs> yeah, please, I'll give that. That'll I'm, be fun. That'll I'm be calling fun. in sick. I'm not watching two shows again, man. I'm very. Yeah, we could. Uh, we'll see how to work that out. But that'll be very interesting. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm watching SmackDown. Yeah. Why don't we do this, <laughs> Alfred? Why don't you watch both shows? And you and Justin come on can come on and do AEW, and then Issa and I'll join for the second half, and we'll talk about SmackDown. Oh, we can work it out. Oh, I mean, God. Sure, Big Raj has got a. If the money's right, we'll do that. No, it's true. You better get paid double. No, no, but well, yeah, we'll figure out something to do. I'm actually looking. It's a weird dynamic, but it's uh, interesting. There's going to be a lot of crazy takes on Twitter, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh my God, <laughs> you're right about that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <sighs> I know it's it's going to be weird having both audiences in this chat room. It'll be oh, like if, Omega. if if Ozfest and Lilith Fair were paying playing at the same arena, you know, just at opposite yeah. ends. <laughs> Imagine that parking lot across the street from each other. They just <laughs> yeah, but we're sharing the parking lot because we think it's important that you know sure. centralized. <laughs> uh, so we'll figure it out next Friday. Tune in for that. Uh, Isa is at NYC Demon Diva, and that's Demon Diva with a one. Follow her for for. All the education you want on the different demon lore and mythology. She knows but she's so expert. Yes. And Alfred Kanawa, this is nasty. On the Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here uh next week on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.